What's going on, Clipper Nation? Welcome to Locked on Clippers, your five days a week source for all the fresh Clippers content. I am positive Chuck Mockler. I'm usually joined by my co-host, William the Opinion Updike, but he is unavoidably detained for uh, this Thursday episode. Hope everyone had a wonderful uh, New Year's Day. Hope it wasn't too hungover. Uh, All that good stuff. If you're new to the show, like I said, we come at you guys every weekday, sometimes on weekends when things go crazy, trying to get you prepped for games, roster moves, all that good stuff. And today, we have a preview of the game against the uh, Pistons, which should be, you know, hopefully it'll be a walk in the park, but there are some things that could go wrong and some things we definitely need to do well against this Pistons team. After that, we're going to get into all these fun rumors that are going around. It started with Mo Harkless a couple days ago. Now we got a Zubots for Baines trade in the mix. Darren Collison might join the team uh, after the trade deadline. There's a whole mess of stuff that's going on. And then we're going to close out briefly uh, with the Thirsty Thursday segment and Shavings Thirsty Thursday. We talk about what we want to see more of. Nothing too uh, serious in this one. Just uh, There was a classic Ralph Lawler tweet over the years we're going to talk about in case you don't have Twitter. But all of that and coming up more right now. So as I mentioned, the uh, Pistons come to town to take on the Clippers. If you're wondering about Patrick Beverly's availability, he will not be available for the Clippers in this one. That uh, wrist injury is still keeping him out. No real timeline on if... uh, Sorry, no real timeline when he's coming back. He's absolutely going to come back. So it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to see Landry Shamit in that starting lineup again. It's what most... You know, that's what happened against the Kings, and it looked okay. Derek Walton definitely kind of made the case for more minutes in that game. I'm not entirely sure if Doc trusts him enough to throw him in that starting slot yet. It will be interesting to see, uh, but either way, no Patrick Beverly, but we have Trez, we have Lou. That's going to be good. Um, For the Pistons, Blake, Markeith Morris, and Reggie Jackson all missed the Pistons last game. Uh, Blake is listed as day-to-day, so not... 100% sure of those guys who are going to play or not against uh, the Clippers, but they still have Andre Drummond, they still have Derrick Rose, they got Luke Kennard who's playing well. Um, So there are some guys that could hurt us on the Pistons. The vibe going into this game is kind of interesting for both teams. Detroit is coming off two 20-point losses uh, in a row to San Antonio and Utah, but before that they had a 30-point win over the Wizards. So they're kind of in like classic we don't really know how the season is going basketball. I don't mean that disrespectfully, just sometimes, you know, you you rattle off a 30-point win and then get housed by 46 combined points the next two games or something like that. Um, so the Pistons are up and down, mostly down, I will say. And for the Clippers, uh, one of the things I'm really hoping for in this game is that Kawhi and Paul George can kind of have an efficient night. We wanted that against the Kings, and that really did not happen. An aggressive Paul George would be really... Fun to see. I think we get a lot. You know, we saw it in that King game. We saw glimpses of it. He was he was really making an effort uh, to get contact with his defenders. He I think he ended up with uh, six free throws. He hit all of them, so that's good. So an aggressive Paul George would be fun to see. Uh, the Pistons have 111 defensive ratings so far this season. So it's there. Uh, on paper, we could definitely see uh, an efficient Paul George and Kawhi game. The distribution 
from Paul George and Kawhi isn't going to have to be as on point as it was against the Kings since we are getting Lou back. But they're going to need to be finding teammates for sure, especially if Shamit, you know, is maybe not in the most distributive, distributive, however you say it, of moods for this one. Um, and then something uh, William, the opinion update brought up uh, for that Kings game, we got to watch the minutes here. I would love it if... You know, I don't, you know, we were basically essentially minutes-wise missing two starters from that Kings game, so I don't think we'll see Paul George and Kawhi flirting with that 40-minute zone. And we have to assume one of these guys is going to sit against the Grizzlies uh, on Saturday, which is the first day of a 12:30 back-to-back weekend, which is not fun. Um, but let's get into what we need to do to win specifically, and we have to attack the boards. The Pistons have one player that averages... Uh, more than five boards, and that's Andre Drummond with 16. Uh, their their next closest is Christian Wood with five. So they are not getting a team effort on rebounds. I would not describe this as a, you know, egalitarian rebound approach. Their scoring is, which we'll talk about uh, in a sec, but the rebounding is kind of shocking to look at. Uh, Drummond's really, I mean, literally doing three times the amount of uh production as anyone else on this team from that perspective but uh, they're ranked 28th in total rebounds according to basketball reference so we should be able to clean up down low and either win the points in the paint uh, since no piston other than Drummond seems to be down there or possibly find some shooters they have this weird thing like the Kings though where they only allow 42 rebounds which is actually good for fourth best in the NBA um it's kind of a weird anomaly, but I don't think it's going to be a factor in this one. I certainly hope not. If we can get, you know, we're not going to have Beverly, so we're not going to have that kind of guard rebounding uh, that we've needed sometimes against teams that rebound well. Luckily, this team doesn't rebound well as a whole. Uh, I do think we could see maybe Drummond put up, like, maybe an absurd 20-something type rebounding game, but no one else will get above six. So we're going to have to attack the boards. We also have to limit their three-point looks. This is an interesting stat. So, surprisingly, according to Basketball Reference, the Pistons are third in the NBA in shooting percentage, despite being 12 and 22. Um, They're shooting a 37.6% clip while taking almost 33 a game. So, I mean, if the volume is there, it makes sense to think that the shots are going to, that they'll fall, you know? Um... And kind of paired with this is we have to hit our shots. We're basically taking the same amount as they are, but shooting 36% flat on them. But they're limiting teams to just 31 attempts a game, which is good for second in the league. So there's this kind of odd realm where if you're not hitting shots against the Pistons from the paint and you're giving it up to them, they're going to make their shots. Um, I sound a bit like a broken record on this, but it's just such an interesting anomaly. Um, looking at their team stats and stuff like this. So that efficiency I mentioned earlier, I think is going to be key. Uh, If we're not able to limit their three-point looks, they don't really have a whole bunch of, you know, elite distribution on their team, to put it mildly, I guess. So the ball isn't going to be swinging around too crazy. They're 13th in assists, so it's not, you know, that it's not sticking a bunch, but their top uh, assist givers, Derek Rose with six, and then Luke Kennard with four. Um, and then Reggie Jackson might not play again with four. So if they're finding open looks, 
there the show the shots might go in so i'm hoping that doesn't happen um one other thing we need to do is capitalize on turnovers pistons cough the ball up actually more than we do uh to be more specifically 0.2 times more it ain't much but it might come in handy uh our transition play has been you know not that solid this season but we've shown glimpses of it clicking here and there Uh, especially against the kings our deflections are really on point and I mentioned the Pistons kind of, they zip the ball around at a basically league average uh, rate. So the ball is going to be there to be deflected. If we can capitalize on that, that kind of falls in line with limiting their three-point looks. Um, that'll go a long way to kind of making this a more comfortable win in this one. There are some things that could go wrong. Might as well just get into them. Uh, we could actually turn the ball over too much and shoot ourselves in the foot. The Pistons don't force many turnovers, but that is something that has not mattered uh, against for this Clippers team sometimes. We've seen some horrendous ball security nights. Uh, So I'm really, really hoping that Kawhi and Paul George's passing is on point again. I think they they combined. I think Paul George had nine assists. Kawhi had something like seven. So they combined for quite a few and only had uh, three turnovers or something like that. So we're going to have to be efficient with our assists uh, because we can't give this team any chance of getting in this game. I don't... Well, this falls into the second point, actually. Uh, Sometimes this team, the Clippers specifically, can fall into this quote-unquote rhythm where they're letting shots go with only like 8 to 10 seconds uh, off of the shot clock, which, when it's going in, it's fantastic. (coughs) Excuse me. When it's going in, it's fantastic. But during that run where the Kings... We're kind of chipping away at the lead. We were just missing these bad shots without moving the ball around. Kawhi and Paul George had to really grind their points out, and I don't want to see that happen against this Pistons team that is having a really rough defensive situation right now. Um, Trading buckets early is going to be a huge red flag for me in this game, um, especially if those turnovers are kind of piling up or something like that, and we're kind of just keeping them at arm's reach. This isn't a team like the Spurs where you have to be worried about them hanging around, but I just don't want any team to hang around against this Clippers team. We've kind of seen what happens when that uh, is allowed to be. And then I alluded to it earlier. Uh, there's a small chance our three-point shooting could hurt us. We allow teams to take 34 threes a game, and part of this is because of the zone, uh, but the attempts can be there. This falls into that trading buckets thing too. It's just not fun. And it lets teams believe that they can beat you. Because if you're going tit for tat, especially with a Clippers team that's top uh, in the league in terms of uh, offensive and defensive rating, that can get you psyched up. So some key matchups we need to look at. The biggest one that jumps out is Zoo and Trez and whoever versus Drummond. Andre Drummond is very good at basketball. If you don't think that he is, I don't really know what to tell you. He's improved on all the things. A lot of people have said he's had issues with. Um, to, just to go along with this, Zoo now gets Gobert and Drummond in two of the last three games. Bit of a tough go for the young guy. Uh, Drummond is averaging 18 and 16 this season. So he's gobbling up 16 rebounds. Uh, and is the only person on their team who gets rebounds and is tied for the second most shot attempts. So there's going to be, and I think he's only like one shot attempt or something like that away from uh, Derrick Rose and the most shot attempts for the Pistons. This could be a rough night for Zoo. This, you know, Gobert's a little skinnier than Drummond. Drummond is huge compared to Gobert. And Zoo looks great in that Gobert matchup, but if the fouls are kind of 
fast and loose. I I think we're going to see some Trez minutes on here, but Zoo's going to have to set the tone early against Drummond. He can't back down. I'm not saying this like I do think he's going to back down, but this is just a really hard matchup. Um, I'm really excited to watch this one. Uh, Doc likes to be aggressive on elite big guys, especially ones more so with guys who block a bunch of shots. Um, Drummond is putting up 1.8 blocks a game. So nothing, it's not exactly Hassan Whiteside numbers or something like that who can, you know, get triple doubles with his blocks. But he's a big dude. So I'm I'm pulling for Zoo in this one. I'd love to see him play more than a season average in minutes. It's just going to be hard. I don't think the game hinges on this one specific matchup, but this is going to go a long way uh, to making this one easier to deal with if we can limit Drummond. Shamit uh, slash whoever starts versus Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is averaging 17-6. and six. Um, There's going to be some help for Sham or, again, uh, whoever ends up in the starting role. But Rose can carve up defenses off of the dribble. And if he and Drummond are kind of feeling it in that pick and roll there, we could see maybe some a couple of lobs here and there. And I don't want those to happen early. Uh, Reggie Jackson and Drummond were actually running a really good pick and roll, but I'm not sure if he's playing. Um, either way, the pick and roll defense, the backcourt is going to be interesting. It's going to be nice to have, you know, Paul George and Kawhi out there. Uh, and I'm assuming maybe we'll see Mo Harkless. But, yeah, this is, I mean, they just have some individual guys who can really hurt you. It's not necessarily going to be a team effort. I'm not saying that disrespectfully, but in terms of, like, individual talent, they just have guys who can punish you. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be... They might not even start Derrick Rose, which is interesting. Um, their last game against Utah, they started Tim Frazier, Tony Svell, Svee, Andre Drummond, and Bruce Brown. Uh, again, though, they did lose that game by more than 20 points. So Derrick Rose is going to have to be kept in check by whoever ends up guarding him. If I were the Pistons, I would probably start Derrick Rose, but that's just me. Um, and then the last one, kind of a bigger idea, egalitarian offenses versus each other. The Pistons have an even distribution of scoring. Drummond's at 18 points. Rose is at 17. Luke Kennard is at 16. Another guy we're going to have to look out. And Blake is at 15 points, but he might not play. The Clips have Kawhi at 25, PG at 23, Lou at 19, and Trez just under 19. Um, so, you know, I like our top-end talent a little better, obviously. But... You know, if when you're playing a team that can kind of score from anywhere, that's something to look out about or to, you know, be wary of. Um, I'm hoping we can cruise this one. I don't think the Pistons need any extra motivation. You know, Blake has his stuff, you know, about, you know, there's the weird relationship with the Clippers and stuff like that. Um, but I'm just not entirely sure I want... I don't want... I, I'd love to see a 420 club meeting in this one. That's all I'm saying. That would be fantastic to see. Um, real quick, my prediction for this game... Oh, man. It's going to be, you know, an emotional night. Anytime Blake is coming through, it's going to be a big um, situation. Um, Luke Kennard also, real quick, sorry that, um, going to miss probably this game. So I, I, I lumped him in with that scoring situation, but he uh, he's going to be reevaluated on January 7th because uh, of his knee situation. So he will be out in this one. Uh, I apologize for not being up on that one a couple seconds ago. But I still think the uh, Clips can take this one. <laughs> My Galgerian offense thing really takes a hit if Luke Kennard and Blake can't play. Um, I think the Clips win this one. 
I'm saying buck 25, 107. It's a bit of a comfort one for the Clippers. Coming up after this, we got some rumors to talk about. Okay. It's been uh, one day of 2020, and we already have the rumor mill in full effect. It started with Mo Harkless possibly being traded for Thaddeus Young. That was a couple days ago. Now the news, uh, according to uh, Eric Pincus, we have a Zubats for Baines trade with a third team that would have to be involved. Um, there's some news that Darren Collison has us and the Lakers as a preferred destination. I want to say this before we I kind of start talking about this. We're not going to know about any trades before they happen. And I don't mean we as uh, William the Opinion Updike and myself. I mean we as Clipper Nation. The Clippers do not leak trades. If you were a fan of this team before we got Paul George and Kawhi, which you might not have been, no one knew that was coming. Um, we all thought Shea was going to be here for the next 30 years. Uh, leaks don't come from our team, and the team does not like to deal with people who leak. So kind of anytime you see these trade rumors, take it with a fat grain of salt because it's not coming from the Clippers, so you're not really sure what's going to be going on. Let's get into this Zubats versus Aaron Baines trade talk. I do not like this trade. I got uh, in a discussion with someone on Twitter a couple weeks ago about this. They were really high on Baines. This was when Baines was shooting the lights out uh, to start the year. Um, he's cooled off in the last five games. He's at 33% on one less attempt than his season average. Um, he is averaging 13-6. and six, But I just, like, I don't... This almost seems like a lateral move. I know Baines has this idealistic spacing that a lot of people seem to crave from the new Clippers center that everyone wants to get, but I just don't see this happening. I don't like this idea. Zubats is a team favorite. The locker room concerns concern me. I think guys would be pretty upset if Zoo got dealt for Aaron Baines. Um, I just... It's not that I have a lot of questions about this trade. I'm not sure how much this moves the needle for the Clippers. Specifically, if this is a Zubats for Baines straight up trade. There was an idea floated around that we could dish off um, like Fee in Rome for Aaron Baines. I think, I can't remember who said that on Twitter. Um, but, I mean, in that case, yeah, let's. I guess let's do that. You know, we'd be losing a couple of youthful pieces. Some of us still think Jerome might be okay. Mostly my co-host, who is not here. Um, and Fee doesn't really have the trust yet uh, in terms of first-team minutes. He has been lighting it up in the G League. So if that was the trade, then sure, I would be more into it. But I also don't see... I don't know who leaked this trade. It wasn't the Clippers. And if it's the Suns, I'm not really sure why they would do that. Because why would they even do this trade? Baines fits so well in the Suns team. They do seem to be trying to make the playoffs. Why have, and this I don't mean this as a disrespect to Zoo, but in terms of Aiton, Aiton is a more mobile, better finishing, better shooting, question mark, onomatopoeia, big than Zubats. So why would you, it's kind of nice that they have this, uh, you know, they can throw Baines in there um, and he can be such kind of a disruptor compared to what, they're getting with um, Zubats if they were to put him out there on that second unit. It just, I'd be bummed for Zoo. Also, he would go from starting to uh, not starting for a much worse team. I don't know, man. I'm against this trade. 
Clipper Nation, let us know what you think. At Lachlan Clips, at Charles Mockler, at Will Updike about any of these. About the Mo thing, too. It just... The Mo for Thaddeus Young trade felt like it would be more of a panic move um, compared to this Zoo for Baines trade. Like, this trade, I guess, makes a little bit more sense than, like, the Thaddeus Young one. Um... But again, I just don't think the I think the chemistry, I think taking Zoo away from this locker room would be a bad look. And I don't know I just don't know how Baines would fit in. And then our you know, then we have a six ten center and then we have Trez who's like six eight, six seven. Um, those concerns that people have about going up against, say, the Lakers bigs or something like that, would not be quelled by making this move. I mean, we matched it, you know, we managed to out-rebound the Lakers a couple times already. Um, we forced them to kind of weirdly go small against us, which was idiotic on their part. But this doesn't help any of those fears that a lot of people who want to trade Zoo have. Um, again, giant grain of salt on all this stuff. We don't need to be feeding these ideas. Um, it's Yeah, I don't want this one to happen. The other rumor that popped out today was that Darren Collison supposedly coming out of retirement and his preferred destinations are the Lakers or Clippers. A couple of key things here. Darren Collison kind of randomly retired uh, after the 18-19 season. And it should be noted his preferred destinations are the Lakers or Clippers. There has been no interest from either of these teams. Uh, these are the kid from California, which he is from California. He used to play with the Clips. Uh, these are his preferred destinations, so don't be too shocked that he wants to play for the two best teams in California. Um, this name, I mean, obviously, is going to ring some bells in the Clippers fans' head. He was huge for us in the clutch, especially in that, uh, that 2014 OKC series. Uh, I think it was game two or something like that. In the fourth quarter, he had like 14 points. It was crazy um, during that big comeback. But he's a playmaking guard. You know, the familiarity, I guess, from a fan standpoint is there. Last season... He averaged six assists in 28 minutes per game. He shot 40% from three. He had an offensive rating of 118 to 108. But I don't know if we'd do this. He also has some pretty ugly off-the-court stuff. He pleaded guilty to domestic violence in 2016. Justin Russo pointed out on Twitter that the Clippers kind of already went through a player with some questionable, not questionable, reprehensible um, legal issues regarding domestic violence and Avery Bradley. So from a PR perspective, this seems like something they would maybe stay away from. I don't see why you would bring this on at this point in the season. There was already that random-ass Patrick Patterson uh, stuff that happened. So from that perspective, I'm against it, just from bringing him on because of the past legal situations. Um, there's also an interesting point in this uh, piece. It is unlikely that a Collison comeback would take place before sorry, uh, the NBA's trade deadline on the February 6th. So basically we would have to find a two-for-one trade deal, which, you know, per Jovan Buha, he was like, uh, we find the two-for-one trade deal, throw a pick in, in which case anyone's on the table, but most likely uh, the candidates would be the back-end roster players. So probably we'd be cutting Derek Walton Jr., right? Which, you know, whatever, if you're not Darren Collison, you can... If you really want Darren Collison, you can kind of get over with cutting Derek Walton Jr. despite, you know, the flash that we saw against the Kings. But Derek Walton Jr.'s contract is guaranteed on the 10th. So as far as I understand it, we'd have to cut Derek Walton Jr. before the 10th and then just kind of roll 
with a not completely full roster, which if you have been watching this team based on how, you know, certain things seem to be going with our health, that doesn't seem like the best idea. Um, so there's a couple, there's a bunch of like kind of, there's one big reason uh, for me personally why you wouldn't really want Darren Collison. There's a bunch of little ones. There's like, there's the Derek Walton Jr. contract situation. Um, you know, six assists in 20 minutes a game in 1819 is great. I mean, it's pretty good, but I'm not sure he moves the needle all that much. This almost seems like a move that we would do so maybe the Lakers don't get him. Because on the Lakers, he makes a lot of sense. I'm obviously not going to get into that because why we talk about them. But, like, they need him more than we do. I, I don't know about this one. Let me know what you guys think. I would say opinions are very split on Twitter specifically. Um, this is an interesting one to think about. I don't want it to happen. Um, but... Who knows? I don't think the Clippers really want it to happen either. Again, one more time, it was his preferred destinations of the Lakers or Clippers. But yeah, let us know what you think at Locked on Clips, at Charles Mockler, at William, at Will Updike, excuse me. Coming up after this, we have a very brief Thirsty Thursday segment. So, if you missed this, Thirsty Thursday, if you're new to the show, there's just things we want to see more of. This uh, segment also is going to double as shavings, which is the loose ends that we tie up. I am thirsty for more content like this from Ralph Lawler. On New Year's Eve, Ralph Lawler tweeted out a picture, which is so funny, that said, Remember, having sex on a regular basis helps keep your memory alive. I wish you all a great 2016. Ever the hilarious Twitter user content, you know, the new drill, if you will, Ralph Lawler. I want more weird lunatic content from Ralph. I really like that. I shouldn't say lunatic. Um, But this is a bit of an insane tweet. Uh, I want more content like that from Ralph sometimes on Twitter he seems a little bummed people will bring up uh, Clipper stuff and like if he's ever going to come back to a game and it's always kind of you can tell he's not solemn but he misses being around the team especially at this like exciting moment in team history so more fun wholesome content from Ralph um, also want to give uh, an RIP to David Stern if you missed this news uh, the former commissioner passed away oh man the NBA would be much, much, much different without David Stern. I saw a tweet pointing out that when David Stern, uh, he's the reason that finals aren't on tape delay anymore. So imagine a world in which you have to watch the NBA finals on tape delay. He did a lot uh, of good for the game, depending what part of fan base you're in. He did a lot of bad. Um, shout out to all my hurting Sonics uh, fans. But nonetheless, he revolutionized the game. RIP to David Stern. We hope him and his family are managing this okay. It's uh, tough to have this happen. You know, over the holiday season and stuff like that. Um, in terms of shavings, there's not a whole lot else in here. Um, I've been a little bit under the weather, so thank you for hanging out with me. Tomorrow, uh, for Friday's episode, we're going to have a recap of the hopeful victory uh, over the Pistons. We're going to have previews of the Grizzlies and Knicks doubleheader, the 12:30 matinee weekend we have. Some pack div talk, some love, Mary kill, which is some people's favorite game, some people maybe not even know about it uh thank you so much for hanging out with me i hope everyone has a great rest of their day if you want to find us we're on itunes spotify deezer all that good stuff rate subscribe if you leave a review we'll read it even if it's mean but try and make it a little bit funny if it's going to be mean uh william the opinion update is usually here with me as well so if you're new to the show there's usually two of us i have been positive chalk mockler have a great rest of your day